This week on Erotic Awakening, mind fucking mindfully, Apex and Pickleball. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening. Right. Patron supporters receive the free version of the audiobook Polyamory Toolkit, as well as ad-free early access to the podcast, free ebooks, exclusive chats, and other content. Check out all the options at eroticawakening.com. And thank you to our newest supporters, Dean and Ohio Hedge. They've been a supporter regardless of the patron part, but that was nice of them to go and donate to our patron fund as well. Look at your thing doing all your colors are shiny. It's sparkling people. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about something, Dawn, that I don't think we practice a whole lot. We're going to be talking about mind fucking, but how to do it mindfully, which we do talk a lot about. We do talk about mindful a lot and mind fucking. Are you suggesting I do more than you suggest? Yeah, just a little bit. Fortunately for us on the podcast, we have Sir Ezra on today. And Sir Ezra, go ahead and join us if you would be so kind. And Sir Ezra has just not too long ago published the book, Mind Fucking Mindfully. So let's start off. What in the world is mind? Well, let's start off with what is mind fucking? Sure. Uh, So mind fucking has like a vanilla definition. And mind fucking is separate from lying in that it is something that causes someone to lie to themselves or to, to others. So when you're mind fucking, you're basically manipulating somebody on such a basic level that they start to create a belief system, which is incorrect, right? And for the sake of manipulation, um, a good example of this is the whole douching industry is a mind fuck result, right? Like, um, Vaginas have aromas. They do. And that's there's not a problem with that. And in the 50s, they put in this concept, they sort of installed this concept that um, that vaginas should be sterile and odorless, right? And so now there's this whole industry of people who, uh, you know, rinse out their vaginas and affect their pHs in negative ways. And um, yeah, that's so, so some straight up bullshit. Marketing does mind fucking not a surprise <laughs> all the time right but to bring into the, the bdsm realm right. it doesn't sound like the kind of thing that you should be doing with either your submissive or your dominant for that matter well um i try not to shoot on people but um it so that's that's vanilla mind fucking right when we talk about BDSM mindfucking, we're really talking about any kind of mental play, any kind of engagement in play where we are seeking to stimulate the mind and create impressions. Um, you can have some really erotic and ethical stuff going on that is totally mindfucking, right? So, for example, let's say that you want to do some knife play, but I'm not experienced with knife play, and so I don't feel comfortable putting a knife to somebody's skin, right? Okay. I can I could blindfold you and put a credit card to your skin, right? I've reduced the risk mm-hmm. and I've manipulated you to think that the risk is higher because it's pleasurable to to feel that higher risk, right? So for those of us that like fear play, mm-hmm. mind fucking is essential, right? That's how we can suspend disbelief mm-hmm. and experience that fear without really being in a Mostly well, without being in a dangerous situation. So let me help me understand the difference between fear play and mind fucking for that in that regard. Like, say, for example, I have a bag full of 
spiders. <laughs> Not me. And I take this bag, <laughs> brown bag full of spiders, and I said, Don, I'm going to put it over your head. No. Nope. Right? And now the spider's going to crawl around on your face, right? Fuck that. How is that? Is what? How would I do that as fear play versus doing that as, my, as mind fucking? Well, so it may be mind fucking because you are trying to, to sort of create this significant emotional response. Right? I think I already did. Actually. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, mind fucking would be, hey, Don, I'm, I'm going to do this to you. And now you've manipulated her. You've created this like strong emotional sensation that and you don't even have a bag of spiders. OK. Right. Or you could have a bag of feathers. And you put that bag of feathers over her head, right? And so now that's an illusion mindfuck where you're, you know, you're not creating any danger at all, but the the sensation of the feathers gently touching the skin all of a sudden gives you the impression that, you know, that yeah, that's maybe that's response. what's going on. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the same response because I'm not going to know. Even after having this conversation, if he put that bag over my head and it was feathers, I still wouldn't know if it was feathers or spiders. Mm -hmm. well, certainly not at first. Yeah, certainly not at first. Well, and I think that there's a there's a lot of people will say that mind fucking is lying, right? But there's you can be truthful, right? I can I what I like to do in my mind fucking classes is set out a, a box of donuts and then I'll write inside the lid, not drugged. And then usually no, usually like one guy will come up and, and eat a donut, right? Um, and then the whole presentation will be like, you feeling all right? You good? <laughs> you know, and it's the truth. There aren't drugs in those donuts, but like, why would I have to say that? Right. <laughs> Do you ever get to the point where the guy starts to question himself and says, oh, I don't know. I'm starting to see some trails or something. It hasn't happened yet. It okay. hasn't happened yet. But it's this, you know, there's always a chance of that placebo effect happening. Right, right. So what? So bringing the mindful part into it, Don and I talk about mindfulness a lot. Um, yeah, and start off with your definition of of mindfulness or mindfully. Yeah, well, I mean, I think mindfulness is the opposite of mindlessness, right? It's about intentionally cultivating awareness, and so when we do things mindfully, we do things thoughtfully, and you may have an impulse to be manipulative in a, in a BDSM experience and doing it mindfully is saying, okay, this is what I am compelled to do, or this is what my partner is compelled to receive. How can I do this in a way that really makes sure that we're not doing damage or that if we do damage, that we're aware of that and we can unpack it later. Mm -hmm. Nice. So what's some examples of mind fucking that you've done? Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I really like mind fucking mostly because I was um there was a lot of manipulation happening in my childhood and so I have this impulse to sort of turn around the knife that was was used to stab me and, and poke others, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't want to be harmful. And so um I love to create um I love to create this sense of desperation like desperate wanting is really attractive for me. You know, I think anybody with a begging fetish is mm -hmm. going to be really loving that. And so I'm also coming to the table with maybe some insecurities. I'm human and I'm sometimes maybe I feel like I don't, I'm not wanted or I'm not deserving of, of praise. And so I want to create the situation where this person is desperate for 
you know, for me and for what I have to author and, you know, what I have to offer. And they get they get just absolutely turned on because they're also wanting to be begging and stuff. And so creating these like disparities of like, OK, well, you can't touch yourself for a week before we see each other. Right. That's a mind fuck because now you're thinking about it all the time. And there's like all this building, right? Chastity is definitely a mind fuck. Um, one of my most famous mind fucks was with uh, spider. You mentioned spiders. Um, I, I live in an area that has black widow spiders. And so I managed to capture a black widow spider without injuring it. And I put it into a jar. And I had the jar on the nightstand. And my partner was deathly afraid of spiders. So I tied them to the bed. And then I put a jar on their belly while they're blindfolded and I undid the lid. <laughs> and it's one of these like two part lids, right? So you can really hear it come apart. And you hear it go, right? And, uh, and I said, well, don't move or it'll get out. And she can't contain herself, right? She's so afraid. She's so petrified. She's like shaking and quivering. And of course, the jar comes, you know, falls over. And I go, oh, you, you know, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. And she had the sensation of something crawling around her, her ribs. And she, I, I don't even know how she managed to get off the bed, but she's still tied to the bed and somehow off the bed. Yeah. Um, and in reality, what I did is I had a second jar that was empty. And so I used the second jar and then I used uh, like a, just a cracker from my whip to, to gently graze her with a, 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 just a piece of thread. And uh, and that gave the sensation that there was some there was something dangerous happening. So, Don, for our audience, you're sitting here next to me squirming, obviously. Mm. And obviously, I don't know if you're terrified or excited. Mm -hmm. So what oh, are you feeling? But terrified. Holy shit. And is this something that you would like <laughs> would be ghastly opposed to involved in a scene like oh, this? Oh, man, I don't know spiders. So other things yeah, I would be fine. Spiders, I really don't know. Because my first thought is, is if you're going to work with somebody who has a, a, a such a fear of something like that, man, you got to be as a top, you got to be prepared for landmines. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Dan, if you put a jar and tell me there's a spider in it and I'm blindfolded. Right. My core muscles are probably going to be like like your friend, Sir Ezra. <laughs> it's probably going to pop me off the bed and then. I'm either going to throw out my back. The jar is going to hit you. Right. So the screaming is going to call the neighbors. So, Sir Ezra, yeah. what is the what's the, the key then to how to have that negotiation and negotiate honorably without giving away the punchline, so to speak? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah you're right on it. Yeah. And um, and first off, not everybody likes fear play and some people absolutely love it, right? And I love it, just there not you go. spiders. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. That's 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 one too far, right? <laughs> sure. Um, but I, but I think it's really important to to point that out, right? Because I think so people who don't have exposure to fear play think that maybe it's just the top's enjoyment that's going on, but it can actually be the bottom, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so first, find out that fear is desirable, right? Um, we other avenues we might go down are are like disgust or humiliation or degradation, things like that are, you know, often attractive for people. And you really have to negotiate. And I've identified two techniques 
that are really effective for not spoiling the surprise. One is long-term planning. So for example, if you wanted to do a kidnapping, then saying like, okay, we're going to kidnap you tomorrow at 3 p.m. is maybe not the most effective strategy, right? Because you're like, okay, I'm waiting for it. You're at 3 p.m. You're on a lawn chair in your front yard, like waiting <laughs> to get kidnapped, right? Um, so you can do long-term planning. So long-term planning is like negotiating two months out and having a conversation, thoroughly negotiating and saying, okay, I'm going to write all of this down. Don't write any of it yourself and, you know, try to put it out of your mind. Don't think about it too much. And then two months later, you come back and you say, okay, you're still cool with what we talked about. Oftentimes people will have like, if they're like, oh, well, I really, I'm not sure about that one thing. They've right. been thinking about it, right? They couldn't let it go because they, they sort of know it's not okay. Um, other times they go, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, or other times they might even say, Hey, you know, I just almost got in a car accident. I'm actually like really not ready mm. to do anything right now. So it's important to check in and have like space for changed minds, right? But you can do that long-term planning. Uh, the other one is spamming. And spamming is when you present somebody with more information than they can conceivably retain, right? Okay. I can ask you 50 questions and really only five of them are relevant okay and so you're you you can't maintain all of that information in your mind and so you don't know what's coming you've consented to it explicitly but you don't know what's coming very cool i like that so you said long-term planning which um i mean when dan does fear play with me we, we've been together for 22 years right he, he pretty much knows where my buttons are at this point and which ones he can press. But um, would you recommend might be the wrong word for people to do this that do pickup play? Or should it be a longer? Yeah, mind fucking is edge play. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell people what risks are appropriate and what you're not, but um, but it's certainly more challenging to be responsible and ethical and and careful when it comes to edge play and pickup play. Nice. So yeah. you think that you don't do mind fucking, Dan. Do you remember eating a banana off of someone's back and it was supposed to represent something that was not eating a banana? Oh, off sure. Of back, right. Sure. So it's that whole suspending of disbelief mm -hmm. thing, right? It's that. Yeah. So. Yeah, and doing it mindfully, doing it ethically, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as opposed to like electro or impact or something like that, it doesn't tend to be the focus of scenes. Mm -hmm. It tends to be an element of scenes. Right. 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 So, yeah, totally agree. Though, I have been in a mind-fucking electric scene. There you go. He wore his rubber apron and had all of these vintage violet wands, and he was the uh, mad doctor and... <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was. Yeah, Dan, haven't you ever said you're going to get it tonight and then provided no additional information? <laughs> well, actually, yes. And actually, I suppose, you know, now that you mentioned it. Um, and I'm going to tell you a story of how mind, mind fucking that's gone bad. And it didn't mm -hmm. go bad, per se. It just didn't work. Um, I was going to do a scene with Dawn. <laughs> And I had a bunch of strangers and friends walk up to her and say, is it safe? And no matter how she answered, it didn't matter how she answered. Now, the problem is 
that requires that Don saw a particular movie and a particular movie where the bad guy did a dental scene. A well, dental had, interrogation scene. A dental scene, interrogation yeah. scene. And the bad guy kept saying, is it safe? Well, Don never saw that movie. So it had <laughs> zero cool? impact on her whatsoever. So that's a mindful, was, mind, like, mind fuckery gone fucked up. He was trying to terrify me. And instead, I was just so confused yeah. why all these people at an event were coming up to me asking if it was safe. I'm like, sure, I, I guess. I don't know. So one more question for you. Have you ever had a situation like that where you thought that you, this oh, was yeah. going to be the bee's knees and the person just didn't have something to connect it to that, that mind fuck that you were hoping for? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, um, there's been duds and then there's been scenes gone sideways, too. Okay. Right. I mean, duds, duds are usually when you just didn't negotiate enough. And um like I'll do performances, I'll do these like mind fucking classes. And so I'm demonstrating these things and there'll be times when they just doesn't hit. Right. I'm like, oh, you can make them feel grossed out by this. And then they're just like, meh, whatever. <laughs> you know, um, I had a, I had a box that said not shit on it. And then they was putting inside the box. Then I had them reach into the box uh, and touch the touch the poo, and um, and then I had it wasn't poo; it was pudding, right? right and right. then I had them pull their hand out, and I licked their finger clean. Oh. And and they were so distracted by me sucking on their finger that they like forgot the whole like this is supposed to be poo kind of thing, <laughs> right? So, they were like they were turned on for the wrong reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I'll say I all cop to it, you know, I mean, because I wasn't I, I, I wasn't always a veteran in terms of how much I've studied this. Right. Uh, you always have to start from somewhere. And I had a partner who allowed me to body shame them. Right. As part of a scene, as part of play. And it gave me great pleasure. But what I didn't realize is that it gave them great distress. And then it created these impressions in them that were potentially permanent, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I could say, no, I don't mean that. But after a year of saying something like that, right, it, it may not just come off that easy, right? And so they were, they were really ashamed of some anatomy of theirs, where I really should have had a better understanding of what the effect of my words were and how it made them feel. And I mean, I could do my best to unpack that, but sometimes there's no getting the feathers back in the pillow. So I very much appreciate your vulnerability in, in speaking about that. And, you know, the best dominants are the ones that recognize, let me tell you about when I do scenes that don't work, right? Because once you start mm -hmm. to hide that kind of stuff, then you, you, we question how, well, if you're going to tell me you've never had a scene that didn't work, I know that there's something going on there. You yeah. haven't seen a lot, apparently. Yeah. Um, where can I find the book Mindfully, Mind Fucking Mindfully? Because apparently there's a lot more to it than we're getting to in just this one little tiny podcast. Oh, absolutely. I identified seven types, and we talked about illusions and asymmetric information. But I think that's oh. all we've talked about. Yeah. Um, so you can find the book on Amazon as, an, as a paperback, as an ebook, or as an audiobook. I did the voice acting myself. I like to say if 
you fall in love with me after listening to my voice for two and a half hours, I'm not liable. <laughs> um, I also have an option to have the book signed. So if you'd like to do a signed book, uh, it's a great way to support the author. And you can do that at gumroad.com slash House of Algos. Fantastic. Uh, if people want to hear more about you, they can head over and check out the Ask Ezra podcast. How else can they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can also visit my website, askezra.info. And then I'm also on social media as Ask Ezra or House of Algos on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, FetLife, and TikTok. Wonderful. And I'm going to point out for my audience, it is uh, currently November 22nd, and the comments I'm on Twitter might still be true. We're not too sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe so, hey, not for long. Yeah. <laughs> hang out uncomfortably with us for just a minute, Don. You and I actually, as first off, I do want to mention that if anybody listens to the audiobook Polyamory Toolkit, which you and I did mm -hmm. the narrating for, they're probably not going to fall in love with us. <laughs> no, we put an apology at the beginning that we are not professional voice actors. So there might be a couple of uh, uh, ums or <laughs> as hard as, as hard as our audio engineer tried, we are simply, that's not our skill set. Don, we can't sit here and talk about how bad of audio actors we are at the moment because we have to get to Montana and Toronto and Detroit and Phoenix. Oh, we got so much stuff lined up. So we're going to have a blast. But how would people even know? Well, they would find out through the Erotic Awakening newsletter, which I try to put out at the beginning of the month and some other newsletters when we have specials and other things that we want our um, followers to hear about. But the truth is, Ezra, they don't care about that. They want to get their kick-ass EA shout-out like Susie from Florida. Brendan from New York. Sarah from Indiana. Lixa from Texas. Chevelta from Georgia. <laughs> and Nikki from Massachusetts. So head over to eroticawakening.com and, and subscribe. Today. today that was that's that kind of like how we did the body yes yes yeah. <laughs> uh speaking of which if you want to go buy the polyamory toolkit audiobook feel free to head over and buy it or we're just happy to give you a copy become a patron get a free copy simple as that don recently you and i attended the apex event or the apex dungeon here in the phoenix or near us where we are in the near phoenix, us where we are now yeah where we were that's what rv living is about folks it's like i don't know where i am I'm pretty sure well, where I was. Far went time zone. <laughs> time zones are nuts. We have. We should put a picture for our patrons of our clocks on the yeah, wall. Yeah. So, uh, so Ezra, I know you're West Coast, right? That's right. Yeah. So, it, where you're at right now, the time is 5:05 p.m. But did you know, <laughs> in uh, Columbus, Ohio, it's 8:05 p.m. Where I'm sitting, it's 6:05 p.m. And I have a girlfriend in where it's 7:05 p.m. So we have. Find some yeah. blocks on the wall. It's a pain. It's not the prettiest artwork we have on the wall, but it is. And you valuable. work in East Coast time. I work in East Coast and time. We live in Mountain time. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. So we never know what time it is. But <laughs> point to that thing, I don't know. But we were at Apex the other day here in the Phoenix, and we had the opportunity to uh, meet Shadow Sub Six, who's a longtime listener and was very happy to meet us. We we're very happy to meet them, as well as LZ89. And Josh, who was also a longtime listener that we're very happy to meet. Indeed. So we got to meet a few other people, too. And now I'm going to have to remember a name because we actually interviewed her on the podcast. Kat. So, Kat. Yes, it was Kat. Yep. 
And it was about self-tying. And they invited me to the Hitchin' Bitches in Phoenix, which is the self-tying women's. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So I'm not much into rope, but I think I could do self-tying. That, that, might be be a, that might be a skill that I could learn. And as you know, listeners, if we are in your town, we are more than happy to go break bread with you like we did with Master Doug and Makari. And some friends of theirs. And we had a couple of, we actually have two nice dinners with them. We did. So, oh, one involved the Organ Stop Pizza Place, which is a pizza place. And they actually had really good gluten-free pizza, which I enjoyed. And the whole fucking building is an organ. Like a playing organ. So there's a guy up there taking requests. We walk in. He's playing a queen melody on the organ. And if you look behind him, the whole wall is the the pipes and like there's 12 snare drums on this wall and cymbals and xylophones and bubble machines at the top the whole thing is the organ it's the biggest organ in the u.s it, it is it was pretty cool was i will neat. have to say that yeah uh, so ezra do you have any dietary restrictions um i don't uh, i i try to i try to stay away from high fat foods but i also love them so I, I totally want to date you i need to date more people that do not have dietary restrictions because taking my poly family out to eat is a real challenge because everybody's got something gluten-free unfortunately yeah and and, uh, and baby love i can't even tell you her list of dietary restrictions is like i you know what i'm not your dominant when it comes to what goes in your you don't know what who food to eat. goes into your mouth. You don't know who to eat spaghetti with at this point. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody can eat spaghetti, apparently. It's the big thing. Um, dog you do have and- some tentacles. Oh, fine. So, well, I need to get the tentacles out now. So I like tentacle sex. So, and people will send me tentacle pictures all the time. It's, it's, it's amazing. They, they just kind of feed the whole thing. So yes. Pirate sent me a picture of a girl wrapped up by ghost tentacles so it was kind of like the halloween theme so it was a ghost a ghost monster so that was kind of cool but i don't care <laughs> about that because i've got sasquatch set boobs found like pumpkins indeed well did you see Traver send you the donut on the butt yes i did it see was that. not food on boobs did you see what i said to that something about a hole I, yes you have to be careful which hole you put your we'll talk about that later <laughs> not depends on your fetish <laughs> And finally, that, uh, that reminds me of my birthday, my birthday tradition of uh, cake on cake. What is so that? Every, t- every time I have a birthday, I have somebody be my cake plate. I put a slice of cake on their ass and that's where I eat my cake from. Nice. That is a God, good cake on cake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good birthday tradition. I, my birthday's coming up. It is. Is it? Kind of. Oh, birthday's always coming up. It's just far away. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like coming up soon. But it'll come up eventually. Just about eight months, I think. Uh, and then finally, Dawn, um, we are in a, uh, we're still in Arizona. We are nearby our friends, okay. Kevin and Katie. Yes. And, and we're in a 55 and over RV place. And it's listed as an active 55 and older because I'm 55 and you're over older. 55. <laughs> Shut up. So we're here with our friends, Kevin and Katie. This is like our first full day here. I have exercised more today <laughs> than I have in the last month. So five o'clock this morning, you're, you three are out trekking. So you, the trek poles and walking fast. I have short legs. I would not be able to keep up. So I took my recumbent trike out and did three miles. 
I've already done an hour of yoga because of one of Katie's classes. And then we played pickleball. Yes. For those that have not heard of pickleball, we had not heard of pickleball until we became our beers. And then pickleball is like everywhere. It's a thing. And have you heard of like pickleball, Sir Ezra? I've heard of it. I haven't played it. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like miniature tennis. It's a good way to put it. Or oversized ping pong. <laughs> One the other. It's like in the middle of the two. Yeah. Holy cow. So I can tell they've been playing for longer than us. That was our first game. I have quickly gone from pickleball. That sounds like something old people do too. This is fun. Let's do it some more. <laughs> Very embarrassing. Let me go back to disc golf and pretending that I'm hip. Hip. I don't think they say hip anymore. I don't think so. <laughs> Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Click. Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Feel free to read. Do you remember I used to do voices? I, I remember accents. a long time ago. Oh, Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us on Finlight as Dane and Dawn. We're our Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Or just use the links from the Erotic Awakening website, Facebook, and Discord. Or email us. We have a lot of ways to contact us. We're going to fix that. Found. Or just email us at danandawnawakening.com. Or email us at danandawn at gmail.com if you're afraid of Erotic Awakening. Which, <laughs> I don't know why you're listening to this podcast whatsoever then. Bye, Dan. Bye, Don. Bye, Sir Ezra. Bye, Sir Ezra. Bye.